Welcome to episode 130 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsburg, and my co-host, Warren Sklar, is off for the holiday this week. But I have a great new guest here, Mr. Holden uh, DePardo, a podcaster extraordinaire. How are you doing, Holden? <laughs> doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, I was so thrilled that you agreed to come on. And uh, and of course, we had to bring uh, your pops here, Brian DePardo. He's here as well. How are you doing, Brian? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Well, great, great to have you. You were on before. I think the last time we did this was uh, we were together at the Jamf conference, if I remember correctly. That yeah. Was, like, gosh, it was probably getting close to two, two years ago now. Two years ago, yeah. yeah at least so. so. And uh, so you got the itch, and I got you a mic, and you sound really good, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll here. So. Amazing. So we're all uh, ready. We all have our AirPods in. Like we're all ready. We, yeah, we all yeah we've all got our AirPods in. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> so, so we got the news. Some news of the week. I got a couple stories uh, here, and then I thought the good topic would be for this week uh, is uh, since we're uh, close to New Year's here is uh, the, the the year in review of Apple. There was quite a bit that happened. I tell you, and I would like to get your guys's uh, you guys uh, your uh, opinions of what uh, you really th- thought that were top things, and uh, and we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. Some tips and apps. We got some picks as well. So uh, let's uh, just go ahead and dive right in here and uh, uh, go to the first story here. First story here is um, it was this is on Mac Rumors. Apple loses copyright claims in lawsuit against uh, Krillium. Krillium is a m- mobile device company that supports iOS. That uh, this week they won a significant victory in this legal battle against Apple. Apple last year uh, sued uh, Krillium for copyright infringement because Krillium's Cor- software was designed to replicate iOS to allow security researchers to locate bugs and flaws. Uh, the floor judge threw this out, and Apple claims that uh, Krillium was had violated violated. Uh, 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 violated the copyright. Well, they didn't win. So, but I'm I'm kind of glad that that there are some folks out there to, to you know keep keep Apple legit, stay on their security, and you know do their thing. So, uh, hold. What, what did you what did you think of this? Yeah, I mean, I actually hadn't heard about this until very recently. Um, it, it is strange, just the idea that a company can take the entire code base for an operating system and use it literally verbatim, right. and it's considered fair use. That's a weird kind of concept for me to wrap my head around, honestly. But it makes sense. Like, you don't want just Apple to be in charge of the security for their devices. You kind of want some sort of independent third party to, like you kind of said, keep them in check. So yeah. I think it, ma- it makes sense. But definitely is that kind of like an odd gray area where... If you copy anything verbatim, generally that's not fair use. But in this case, it yeah. kind of makes sense. No, it made total sense, and I think uh, I mean, and, and Apple was, I mean, if I remember correctly, they were sending out devices to some uh, some hackers to to uh, on their own to trying to do this. So, mm-hmm. so I think that's probably kind of where it stemmed from. They want the as as we all know, Apple likes to control things a little. So yeah, did, do, you have, do, you have any, do you have any thoughts on this, Brian? Uh, no, I think uh, you guys covered uh, my thoughts on it. I, I hadn't even heard of this until recently as well. So yeah. that was interesting. I, I'm sure that our, Apple has like an arsenal of hackers on yeah. the payroll that exactly. that hammer their stuff. But I, I do think I agree with Holden. I do think that um, there needs to be a third party to kind of keep them in check. I, I think that should be the case with any company, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Well, it's the same it's the same kind of logic of like you have like making a video game, for example, you have QA testers who test your game and make sure there's bugs and stuff because they'll have, they'll think of something that maybe the people who made it didn't think of. Yeah. So you always need that second opinion when security is Apple's kind of bread and butter right now. And the, there's also, seriously. there's also a ton of responsibility with it because there's never been a computer like, like the iPhone 
or phones in general, because it, it really is the true first personal computer because it right. contains everything. And it, so it has to be secure and it has to be solid. And, you know, people, a lot of people choose iPhones because they're secure. Mm-hmm. So for sure. Absolutely. All right. Then we'll move on to the next story. This is also on Mac rumors. Uh, nine of the top 10 us smartphone activations on Christmas day, 2020 were iPhones. A new report, uh, a new report states that uh, nine of those top 10 of the phones were activated on Christmas day were iPhones. Uh, Christmas Day, of course, represents the single greatest day for new smartphone activations since everybody gets their Christmas gifts. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, the, the number one phone was the iPhone 11. And uh, and then you had the iPhone 10R, and then it worked all its way up there. So, uh, Brian, what do you think of this? I'm actually surprised. Um, it always surprises me when, I mean, it shouldn't really, but I've never bought a phone for someone for Christmas. Yeah, me either. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, say I wanted to buy my wife a new iPhone. It's like, you know, you have to go through either a trade-in or you have to go through an activation process or whatever. So it never really made sense to me that there would, they would be, you know, legit gifts on Christmas. But um, I'm surprised the iPhone 11 is, was the yeah. best selling. Yeah. And then 10R and then the 12 Pro Max was, uh, was the third one. So. Wow. The mini also isn't there at all. There's the mini's not in the. No, I don't see the mini mentioned. You got the iPhone SE, yeah. Yeah, which I'm not surprised about the SE. The, the, the yeah. second gen, second gen SE, of course, and then the iPhone 12. And interesting enough, you also see the iPhone 8 Plus still on there, and the 8. So there's still people yeah. activating wow. those as well. So mm-hmm. it was nine well, of the ten. selling iPhone 8s. You know, they're, they're still. <laughs> I think there's a third, there's still third party market out there for them. They're still selling them. So. Interesting. Yeah, I'm surprised the mini wasn't on there. Here's something to consider too. Like these are just smartphone activations. Right. Technically, doesn't that mean that it could just be a hand-me-down phone? Like you know, could be. You give a phone to yeah. someone and they just activate it. It's so like maybe these weren't even phones that were bought. Like this holiday season, they were just handed down. So that's kind of where an iPhone 8 could make sense. Yeah. Uh, even an iPhone 11. Like you buy an iPhone 12 this year. What do you do with the 11? Uh, we'll wrap it up and give it to the kid. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely so interesting and uh, no, no surprise in our world um so um next story this is in apple insider actually it's uh the HomePod mini works with the 18 watt power adopter after the uh the 14.3 software update thanks I'm to ready. the yeah thanks to the HomePod version 14.3 <laughs> update the apple's new HomePod mini now supports the 18 watt power adapters or battery packs so Wow, you actually could probably make this into a uh, a uh, you could be traveling with your with your HomePod and uh, use a battery pack if you so wanted <laughs> yeah, to. That's, um, I hadn't thought of that. So yeah, I remember blast when in I, the car. I I remember when I got the HomePod Mini and I and I immediately tried to plug it in with the different adapter and it, it said uh uh-uh. uh. I did it, the same it, thing. It had the yellow ring, it, uh, the orange ring, amber ring. Yep. It was, wouldn't do it. So so now if you know a lot of us have the eighteen watt power supply from actually from probably from our iPads and 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 probably mm-hmm. that. Holden, did you do you have a high, did you get a HomePod Mini? Do you have one? I have two. Well, yeah. one's mine. One they got from my mom. But uh, yeah, I have one. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to see someone or video going viral of someone using a HomePod Mini in an airport or like in yeah. the airplane with the power supply. <laughs> Or on a plane. Or a, or a battery pack. Yeah. 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 One of those yeah. battery packs. Yeah. Um, so, well, so, I was. Go ahead. I, I, I like the power supply idea in terms of battery pack because I kind of want to put one in the bathroom, but there's no convenient outlet. Right. 
to plug it into but then again you have to like charge the battery pack every once in a while to right. keep and i would never remember to do that i would just go in the bathroom and be like hey siri start ah battery's dead and like oh that's pointless now so it's nice but i don't know if, yeah, i'm interested i don't know I, if it would it would work for me i have a battery pack that actually i got as a, a free kit for my roadcaster pro uh, that i have here for my podcast and you know uh, gear here <clears throat> and uh that that is a, at least a 20 21,000 milliamp you know battery so it'll last a, long, a long, good long time so i, I think i'm going to try it out to see if uh, see if it uh, how, how long it'll last and uh, see how it would do it how how it would do it could be it should be interesting mm-hmm. to see so yeah. all right yeah i have a uh, a battery pack for my suitcase and yeah. i'm going to try it i'm going to see how it yeah. works but there you go not like traveling anywhere anytime soon <laughs> yeah i never leave the house so i have no need for a battery pack for my own pot so <laughs> And then uh, the last story here, this is also on Apple Insider. This actually uh, hit just a few hours ago as we were recording this. Uh, Gazelle is ending its used device trade-in program. Uh, Gazelle is ending its entire device to trade-in and buyback program with the closure effective February 1st of 2021. Uh, You know, I've been using Gazelle forever. I mean, I had stopped for a while because, I, you know, their pricing was starting to get a little kind of not so good. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but they are going to continue to be in business. They're going to solely focus on certified pre-owned device sales that they already obtained but i guess they're going to be using i I thought i'd read there's some sort of atm machines or something that you can actually walk to a kiosk and actually trade in your device that way not sure where that's where that's going to go what did you guys think what do you think holden i guess like i think they're going to take in phone still just not give you money for it so why would you give your phone to gazelle when you give your phone to apple oh it's eco atm there it is yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i there was one of those in the in the providence place mall um yep. and they they work but i don't see someone trading in their phone just to recycle it and not get money back when that's oh, a of course pretty prominent you yeah. know yeah. business model that companies offer nowadays i get it from gazelle's end though because now they get more money when they sell a phone because they're not having to give right. out money to get the phone in the first place but right. i don't see that working they may go into it in, into the you know the, the pennies on the dollar market and find find devices uh, because Apple is actually being very fair with their trade-ins. Honestly, I mean you know I, they I, are yeah I, I've traded in some stuff and that's a really reasonable price. I remember trading in my Apple Watch. I think it was my Series uh, well my Series Four. I just uh, my Series uh, Four. I just traded in to go go to six. They still gave me about two hundred bucks for it. So. Um, yeah, it's not bad, or yeah. something like that, maybe a little less. Uh, but yeah, that that's I think that's one of the biggest things that was a lot. There's a lot better options for trading that uh, Gazelle wasn't uh, wasn't getting. So mm-hmm. yeah, I Apple still actually think. Oh, I'm sorry, go, go, ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Dad. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say I didn't realize that Apple used a third party when you trade something in. First, I just traded. Yeah. I just traded in a Mac. Book, a 2015 MacBook. They gave yeah. me 300 bucks for it, yeah. and um, they use yeah they use an outside service. So yep, yeah, it's not Gazelle, but no, no, but they I think it's called Pho- Phobos or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yep, that's mm-hmm. what it was called. Yeah, it's a, it's a third party service. I I had thought they brought it in house. Apparently not. They 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 outsource it. So no, but uh, they might maybe they just outsource it for the actual delivery and inspection of the device, and then it goes to Apple for either recycling or right. 
you know, parts or whatever. Yep, exactly. So, all right. Well, that's the news for this this week. And, uh, you know, being it's almost uh, a brand new year. We're wrapping things up here in 2020. I thought it'd be a good uh, discussion here to do a kind of a 2020 year in review for, for Apple, iOS, iPad, OS, and hardware and everything else. You know, with the world so upside down this year with the pandemic, I mean, who would have thought that Apple was going to have a banner year like they did? I mean, they, they really yeah. they did the amazing things with WWDC was virtual for the very first time. And boy, they got some amazing feedback of how great that was. It really turned out really cool. Plus three, kind of three virtual events that we all got excited about and got to see all the new products and nice streamlined events. Um, I like to find out what you guys, what, 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 what are the top things? What kind of stood out for you um, uh, that, that, uh, that Apple did? Now, hold on, I'll start with you. What, what do you think some of the things so that did you think that really Apple did a great job with as far as products that are really on on the cutting edge here? I, I think that the there's so many things that are announced this year, so it's hard to pick just one. But I think that the the M1 chips is probably yeah. the most significant step that Apple made all year. And it's actually funny because initially when uh, I first saw the event, I was kind of underwhelmed. I'm like, oh, they look the same. They just have like a faster no. chip in it. But it wasn't until like, you know, people started to get their hands on it and it really started to kind of hit what this chip actually means in the greater mm-hmm. landscape of uh, processors that are out there. And it's it's remarkable. It's it's it absolutely mind-blowing. And it makes me really excited for 2021, which we'll talk about later, of course. But yeah. um, what we're going to see with that, the continuation of the M line. It's really yeah. impressive. Yeah, Santa was very good to me this year. I uh, got, was got a surprising gift and ended up getting a, a M1 Mac Mini. So it's sitting here on my desk. I'm very excited. Just started playing with it. So, uh, yeah, I already, already started trying to install some of the iOS apps on on the on the, on the mm-hmm. M1, and then it's some look good. So I mean, we talk, and we talk, talked about some previous shows, uh, but some look real cool to, to use. Others are probably aren't going to be as uh, great of an experience. Like yeah. I, I have LumaFusion on here, and uh, um, and that's uh, that really is requiring a lot of touch, and which you really don't have. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but. Uh, but yeah, I was very excited about that. Uh, and so that really was the biggest thing I saw for you was just the M1 release. Yeah. Even though I didn't get one, I got a HomePod <laughs> yeah. mini. Of price this year, I got a HomePod mini. But um, that I think Budgets in here. history of Apple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I'll, I'll, I also want to get a MacBook Pro. So that's a whole other like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, I just it's it's the most significant step Apple's made in a long time. And we'll look back and like, it's like when Apple started making the iPhone and it changed the company. Yeah. I think this is going to have similar impacts. I think they're going to be able to do things with Macs they just couldn't do before because of this chipset. And it's it's going to be really cool to see in the yeah. next few years. Absolutely. Brian, I'm assuming you agree with M1 or did anything else stand up for you? Um, the M1 is the big one, and I can't stop talking about it. Ask Holden. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I got the MacBook Air. <laughs> And it's it's painful going back to an Intel Mac after you've used this as your primary computer because yeah. it's so responsive. And it's it's just one of those things where, you know, with an iOS device, everything is pretty much instantaneous. It's so responsive. And but that was never the case with the Mac. And now it is. Now you just click on something and something happens immediately. You know, when Microsoft Word opens and like not even one bounce. I mean, that's that's pretty huge. Whereas, you know, before it's it would not take, updated yet, right? Uh, I have an, I have a I have an Apple Silicon version installed on my MacBook. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, and and just going from one to the other is incredibly significant. So, oh, for sure. 
Yeah, we were just yeah. talking pre-show, looking at all the universal apps that have already been released, and you know, like Office mm-hmm. and, and all that, and uh, and it's cool because you, you look, it, you you it, when you you know you, know, uh, you go on, on a Mac, and I know we don't talk too much about Mac here, but really the relation of iOS with this is is, is just phenomenal. Being able to look at the apps, and it actually tells you, okay, you know, like LumaFusion, that's an iOS app, so it, it tells you which type yeah. of app you have, or if you have the apps here, like I have VLC, that's still an Intel app. They haven't. They haven't updated it yet, so so you're going to have some apps that are still Intel and some that are universal, and then then some are iOS. So uh, I think that's where it's going to be interesting to see where that goes, and we could talk about that just a bit in, uh, with for next year's uh, future. Let's let's hold that thought, but yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I I'm agreeing with you guys. I think I'm going to kind of I kind of I talked about this yesterday on Mac Voices Live and um, with uh, Chuck Joyner. I I I, uh, I said that uh, the Mac Mini M1 was was really a standout thing for me. Now I just got it because i've been drooling over it for the last two months but i finally got it and so i'm, I'm pretty psyched to have it but uh really the iphone the iphone 12 pro max i'm very very thrilled and impressed with uh, uh the fact of what this phone is, has accomplished uh, over the years with the lidar on the on the camera and the three lenses that are and then having that uh, super telephoto on it which is amazing um the performance is just phenomenal and uh, we're going to talk about the mini with you, Brian, just bigger. So, but uh, uh, but I, I, that those are my two top picks. I I, I I was hard for me to really distinguish the two. So, um, but let's kind of dig in through just how, how the year progresses. I'll be real. We won't spend too much time on it. But we also, I also I almost forgot as I was going doing my research and looking back to all the stuff we uh, that happened this past year. I forgot in January that I, the iPad turned ten years old this year. This 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 past I year. So totally forgot that too. Ten years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember. I I bought the very first iPad. I had the iPad yeah. first gen. I mean, remember you and you and I, Brian, get all excited yeah. about it when, when we I, were, I had it. And, uh, we were but, up early that morning. Remember, yeah, we were <laughs> waiting to pre-order. <laughs> and we pre-ordered I went a little crazy point. and ordered the iPad, the case, the keyboard. I mean, everything. I went yep. overboard. But so I yeah. standing in, uh, in one of the front bedrooms. Just to like look through the window and wait for but your iPad. iPad, and I was still excited yeah. about it because even though it was your iPad, it was yeah. a big yeah. thing. We were we were obsessing. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and it hasn't gone. It's gone. Continued on ever since here, um, and uh, since it turned ten, of course, they had to come up with new iPad Pro. So they re- did release a 2020 version of the iPad Pro, which was uh, all it really was. The difference was is a smidge jump in the processor, and then they added the lidar and the three three lens camera. Which to me, I didn't find any justification to upgrade. I have the 2018 iPad Pro, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Um, but I did get uh, the iPad Magic Keyboard, and I thought that was a was a pretty exciting. And that was in March uh, of this year of 2020, uh, and uh, that was a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool keyboard. I mean, a little pricey. Do you like it? I, I do. Yeah, I yeah it is very pricey. A little pricey, but I, I've been using it off and on. You know, obviously I have two computers going here. I got the iPad, you got you got your mm-hmm. iPhone, you know, so it's hard to really yeah. put your put your focus on it all the time. But when I do use it, I, I find it to be a very a very clean, easy to type on keyboard. And then the touchpad is a game changer. Having the touchpad on, on an yeah. iPad is, is pretty is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I had trouble typing on it. I, I used one, I think it was at Best Buy. And the, just the way I type, and I've always had problems with iPad keyboards, is that my fingers, right. especially my middle fingers, hit the screen yeah. constantly while I'm typing. And, and the Magic Keyboard, I kept hitting it on the underside of the overhang. Yep. So when I would type, I kept whacking it. And I just was like, mm, I don't think I could use it. 
but it, it's great to type on the trackpad's great too so yep so um that was that was in march then april we have the iphone se the second gen was released that was pretty pretty much a big game changer apple ever coming out with a low-end uh iphone uh that was a phone that really and it's still uh, still selling very well to this day you know your base price around 399 dollars um mm-hmm. is uh, is really good did, did, did you have did you want to make a comment on that holden um the only thing i have to say the iphone se is I really wish I'd face ID because I think every iPhone should face ID now. I know, uh, I know dad disagrees with that, but, um, it's, that's like the only thing. It's a great value, but I just keep thinking, oh, so many people are going to have a touch ID device and they should have a face ID device, but that's, that's nitpicky and small. Yeah. Well, the, the touch ID also, you, you kind of lean towards the other thing they did release, uh, later on was the iPad, uh, uh, air, which came a little later mm-hmm. in the year. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Here. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I like face ID, but there's still a lot of people who love to touch ID still. So it's, it's yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of both ways. So it's, 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 it's kind of cool that Apple's is allowing it to have on, on bo- having both on each of the different devices. So, mm-hmm. um, June, yeah. as I mentioned, WWDC was held first time ever virtually. Had the, the, the keynote was amazing. I think it, it was very concise, and that was a mm-hmm. really the, uh, the precursor of all the, the 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 remaining three events that happened. That 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 the the event was concise. It was it, it got done because you know we always all of us always set up watch watch the events every year live uh, when they did it live at the Steve Jobs Theater, and you know they just kept going on and on to be an hour and a half, sometimes hour forty five minutes, and and you could tell presenters were not as were not as uh, concise with it and uh then it would bring third party folks to come in to talk as well and, and some of the events they did that but very well done and and i think you know i think something like i i can't remember the exact number it was like 50 million developers that got to, to, to be able to uh to attend this because a lot of people couldn't attend because you only i don't think they only allowed like fifty thousand tickets to, when you would go to san jose so um so that was that was a that was a cool thing and of course ios 14 uh, was announced um so you know the next gen of us getting, getting excited on that so uh any thoughts on the wwc uh, just starting off with the virtual event itself I, I also do a video game podcast, so I've watched a lot of video game events this year. And let me tell you, they were horrible in terms of production values. Yep. Like, just really, I mean, major companies should be doing something larger than, like, a Skype call that they're taking a video of and then putting up there. Like, if you're showing off new products, you need to have more production value than that. And Apple just outclassed everything I saw in, in that regard. Yep. Um, it was it was really really impressive how well it flowed the camera angles all that like it, they must have spent a lot of time working on that it was really impressive but ios 14 itself is the first ios update in a long time that changed the way i used my iphone just because of the yeah. app library and app widgets library. widgets it, it completely changed the way i use my phone so that's you don't see that kind of advancement uh usually it's usually something yep. incremental like oh now the share sheet's better wonderful uh, it's small things like that usually that kind of impact you the most. But this overall experience thing has changed a lot. Sure. So much easier just to find apps. Oh my god, it's so much better. Yep. Um, I could never go back. It, it's gonna <laughs> like iOS 13 is gonna feel archaic now. Matter of fact, my iPad feels archaic in some ways now, just because it doesn't have the widget, doesn't have the app right. library, and yeah. I really I want those to come to iPad. Nice. I get why they're not there, but it, yeah. it it needs it needs to come eventually. 
So, um, and then, uh, September comes along. We had the first virtual event and that was the new Apple watch series six. And they came out the Apple watch SE, uh, the AirPod iPad air with the touch ID, which was the cool thing of the, of that event because the touch ID is on a power button, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, that they added to that with the power button. And then of course they announced the Apple one bundles, um, which, uh, got some excitement. Cause finally they, they, they bundled together all of their services and, and you can, you know, you are able to buy them across the, the board or whichever ones you want. Uh, I've got the premier bundle, which is the, uh, includes all the services, which is the iCloud and then the arcade. I'm going to ask you about arcade here in some minute, old, uh, and, mm-hmm. um, uh, news plus. And then of course you, you have a fitness plus, which we'll talk about a bit here. Um, and then, uh, October, the second event, I was like, wow, this is great. We got another event. And then, and, and the same thing happened again. <laughs> and, that, and that was because the iPhones were delayed and, um, and, and, and interesting. Somebody asked a question question on the show our mac voices show yesterday um you know if there hadn't been a pandemic and they would have had a live event like as normal do you think uh, do you think uh things they, apple would have released as many products as they did this year and i said i said oh absolutely because they obviously had everything in the pipeline so there was no yeah. mm-hmm. rhyme or reason why that uh, there wouldn't be the products that were this but of course the iphone uh, 12 got delayed because of uh, of uh, of uh, supply chain issues, so they couldn't couldn't get them out and released until October. Well, actually, November, guys, because the iPhone 12 uh, Pro Max didn't come out until the the, the month later. So, um, but that was announced on the, on on the, that uh, that that uh, event as well, as well as uh, the HomePod Mini was announced and iOS 14 got released to everybody because uh, they had to have it ready to go for I, uh, the iPhone 12. Um, and then November there was a third event, and then we got all excited about um, uh, the Mac the first Apple Silicon uh, M1 Max that were released. That was a great, great announcement. Got all kinds of details about the processor. And I think Apple's hit her home run with this processor, man. And and, and we're going to see it. I bet, I bet, I bet to see we, we see this uh, uh, improving the, even the iPads uh, in the future as well. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. Any, any uh, comments on that? So there's, a, there's a lot there with all those events. There was just a lot in three months for mm-hmm. Apple to release. Yeah. You know, anyway. Sure was. Um, I, I, I do want to talk about Apple One really quickly, just because I feel like yeah, that's please. actually a pretty significant thing that happened this year. That might not seem significant right now, but I think again, like like the M1 chips, looking back, we'll realize Apple One was a really big deal. Um, just with all the services included, what I'm excited about is. It's the premier bundle is everything Apple does, and they're not going to stop making services from here. There's right, probably going right. to be more services are going to come out next year, and and I'm curious to see like how that how that value proposition gets even better because right now the thirty bucks a month if you use those services is a fantastic deal, and that's going to mm-hmm. continue to get better. I think so. I think that's that's a really big deal. Um, the power button on the iPad Air. If that's not a sign that we're going to get that on the iPhone at some point and have dual <laughs> biometrics, I think that's seems very likely um so i think, that's I think also that would possible. be a good thing especially yeah. with the pandemic because i tell you i long for touch id on my phone because it is such <laughs> yeah. a pain in the neck <laughs> to type in my passcode if you like shopping and my shopping yeah. list is in my phone and so i'm constantly having to type in you know my passcode where it just be so much easier you know my wife has an iphone 8 plus and you know it's much easier apple pay is much easier yeah getting into your phone is much easier. So yeah, I would, I'd be okay with that to have dual biometrics on the phone itself. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I just started using my Apple Watch more because of that exact thing, going to a grocery store and need to look at my list. I'll just keep my list in the reminders app my watch so I can do it that way because it's just so frustrating when you go to look at your phone and you have to wait an additional few seconds for the password prompt to come up because it doesn't recognize it. It just, it's cumbersome. Um, so yeah, I agree. It'd be, be good for that reason alone. They Absolutely. didn't prove it though. They did improve. They, did, yeah. they did make tweaks to it to help and it does help, but you still have to type in your passcode and it feels like, you know, 2009 all over again. So yeah. I was just at Trader Joe's last night and the cashier there was like, I can't even tell you how many people still just take their mask off completely to use face ID oh my God. because they don't want to use their passcode. <laughs> Super spreaders. Yeah. God. Yeah. Tell you. <laughs> um, and then finally, d- December this month, uh, they they announced that dreaded $550 a- AirPods Max wow. headphones. <laughs> uh, my gosh. Uh, very, very uh, interesting pair of headphones, but uh, overly overpriced, I must say. Uh, they and 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 the case looks like a bra. <laughs> so, yeah, it does. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, we we did we did some discussion about this on other uh, other shows. Uh, you know, it was someone did an actual comparison, compare it to a thousand dollars Sennheiser, you know, uh, you know monitors headphones. Uh, there's just no comparison. I mean, you 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 pay a thousand dollars for these headphones because you want some really precision sound. Really, mm-hmm. I think I think the the, the big debate to, to not go to take too much time on this, but uh, is the fact that having spatial audio and having the noise canceling and software updates that can go to this headphone, I think, are the game changers for these these headphones. But I still don't think people are going to justify the price. You know, you could you can get a pair of Bose headphones for two hundred bucks less than that, and it basically does the same thing. Did yeah. they sell out fast? Yeah, I don't think they had a lot of stock, honestly. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. I don't think too. they probably didn't make too many of them. But yeah, it's expensive. I was only able to buy three. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't buy it. Yeah. Um, I don't have a use for it, you yeah. know? These AirPods Pro. Are I think fine most people don't. Yeah. Yeah, I really was really looking forward to these. Like when I heard, see, I have Sony MX3 whatever like and they're the fine third generation they're great headphones and i was really looking forward to seeing what apple was going to do in that space but they're so expensive compared to my sony's like when i want to switch between devices which is the primary reason i would get a pro max it, i can just hold on the bluetooth button on my sony's and just repair instantly and it doesn't only take that much time so like the convenience side of it it's not worth it i don't need a digital crown on my headphones that's a nice touch but like i don't need it so it's hard to justify it's really hard to i want one but i i shouldn't (laughs) it's just too hard to justify he'll he'll have it as soon as he gets his tax return it'll be like (laughs) you're apple yeah there you go and then um fitness plus was finally released uh that was that was the the last of the of the the premier bundle uh that was included yeah um and they're they're giving uh, i believe um that was a month free trial you can try it out I'm pretty impressed. I mean, I haven't, I need to get off my butt and do some, some exercising and you know, that, that something could help motivating, motivating you to get, uh, get, get moving. Uh, the videos are really, really high quality. I think, uh, the, the content is great. It looks like they've hired a lot of great trainers to do, to do a lot of this workouts and it, and it goes yeah. from beginners all the way up to your advanced and, and the high end stuff. And, uh, you know, we talked about it. So, um, I think it's a service that I think is really, uh, you got some of these fitness companies like uh, Peloton and, and others yeah. that are, are, are kind of shaking. They're a little worried that this is going to really tap into their market. So um, 
Well, you know, with like with Peloton, you know, you've got to buy a $3,000 bike and then you've got to pay it's, I don't know how much it is. I remember seeing one time it was really expensive per month. Whereas, you know, Apple fitness plus it, I love the way it uses your watch. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's the equivalent to the Peloton bike really is your watch right. and how that connects to it. Um, it's really, really well done. I was, I was surprised. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's got a great interface. I think that they were very smart with it. Um, so, uh, so that kind of wrapped up the whole year. I think, like I said, we, we, we spent very little time in that, but it, boy, it was, it seemed like it was a long year that obviously with pandemic, we would all be all dealing with it, having to stay home and all that. But I think it was some exciting times for Apple and Apple obviously is the stocks market is doing well. And, um, we're having some, we're having some good things with that. So, um, I think, uh, I think Apple did, did, did well in 2020. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, go into, uh, briefly. We can talk a little bit about what our what our thoughts are, what what, what we expect in twenty twenty one. Holden, you had something you were excited to talk about. What where do you think Apple's going to go with uh, specifically any iPhones, iPads, and yeah, we could talk a little Macs too. What, what where Apple's going to go in twenty twenty one? Yeah, I think the my my kind of big uh, prediction ranks for twenty twenty one is the M one chip and kind of how that gets handled. For one, I th- I feel like to go to the iPad for a second, I feel like there's less of a, dis- uh, of a, there's just not a lot distinguishing the iPad pro and the iPad air right now. Right. They're very, very similar devices, yeah. but I feel like if you put an M series chip in an iPad pro, that could be very, very compelling for people who want a more professional device, get a lot more power out yeah. of it. That Why not? It's, it's the same architecture as an a chip for the most part. Obviously there's differences, but it's this, yeah. it's close enough. The apps will run on it. We know that already. So it's, I think it's totally possible and it could do a lot for the iPad in terms of being seen as a professional device. Um, but I'm really curious is where Apple goes with the M chips on the pro machines like Mac pro and, and the iMac where right now we're seeing Ram attached to the M chips themselves, which is why their Mac set at 16 gigabytes of Ram. Is that going to work in a Mac pro? I, I don't think that's going to work in a Mac Pro. They yeah. would need to have RAM separate from that. So I'm very curious kind of how that evolves and what that looks like. Sure. Or if they just have the RAM built in still, but you can get, you know, a M1 Pro Max version of it that's even more powerful and has more RAM in it or something like that. I mean, you kind of just like how you can get an i5 versus an i9 versus right. an i7, like if they're going to have that kind of uh, distinguishing factors between chips. I'm just really curious to see what we we see there, but I'm pretty certain we'll see iPads with the M chips in them. Maybe not the super advanced ones no, in a pro machine. But. I bet maybe like an M one X or, you know, something that's kind of a derivative of, yeah. cause we know now that the M one is going to be, is, is, it's going to be quote unquote, the low end because you know, Apple's going to mm-hmm. come out with mm-hmm. MacBook pro 16 inch MacBook pros probably going to be an yeah. M two or an M two X or whoever, whatever they decide to call it. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll probably end up doing that when I trade in my, I have the, the MacBook pro the 2019 with the, with the Core i nine processor, which has you know, which for an Intel was a is a pretty pretty beefy machine, so it's pretty fast. So, but as as we talked earlier, comparing it to the M one, you definitely definitely see a difference. So, um, <laughs> but I, I agree with you on the iPad. I think the iPad's going to have a bit a bit a bit of a change next year, and I, and I I'm I'm pretty confident that's going to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, that uh, 
the fact that the uh, the iPad's going to have, I, I, I believe, I agree with you on that one, having an M, M chip in it, uh, because the mm-hmm. Air is going to be a good, is a good sweet spot for the, the mid mid range. And then oh, we didn't even mm-hmm. talk about is the, the iPad, uh, the, the baseline iPad, the, the $349 model, which actually is a mm-hmm. very good iPad for the price point. It is. I mean, yeah. it's got a lot of power to it for, for its price, and, and it has Apple Pencil support, which it never did before on the low end. So, uh, so mm-hmm. I think the iPad is going to kind of evolve next year i agree with you with that with uh, with that and and the max of course and uh, who knows i mean the air tags maybe that maybe those will finally come out <laughs> yeah finally <laughs> so, yeah what, what was your thoughts for 2021 brian um you know getting back to what holden was saying about the the m1 chips and you know you look at on ios and ios devices no one ever talks about or Apple specifically doesn't talk about things like RAM or speed or anything like that. It's always just, it's got the A whatever chip and this is the total package and all of that stuff is just kind of insignificant. I wonder if low-end Macs will kind of fall into that category when people won't even, you know, it won't make a difference how much RAM they have, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're not really going to specify. I think right now they're doing it because people have that expectation that these machines, you want to know how much RAM it has, but eventually, you know, the RAM is part of the system on the chip. And, you know, at what point does that just become part of the, you know, the entire package and not something that's singled out, you know? I mean, with something like the Mac Pro, you know, they could have memory cards. I mean, there could be, it could support external memory um, because, you know, the Mac Pro is modular, but something like a power, uh, power book. Oh my gosh. I'm showing my age. (laughs) Something like the (laughs) Mac Pro. Yeah. I've had many over the years. Yeah, Um, You know, I just have to wonder, I don't think that would fly on a Pro series machine. So I don't know how they're going to yeah. handle that, but it it's interesting. it almost seems insignificant to mention the RAM um, with the M1 chip. Yeah, if you bring a MacBook Air, it's like, oh, I need to make sure I have 32 gigabytes of RAM on MacBook Air. <laughs> no one's having that conversation. No. I mean, I I have the base model, the apps of the nine ninety nine model, and it has eight gig of RAM, which normally I would never buy a computer right now with eight gig of RAM. But I heard that it didn't really, you know, seem to be you know, a hit to the performance. So I went for it and I can't, uh, to be honest, I can't imagine this being any faster than it already is. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to imagine. Yep. So I tell you the technology is going to be interesting. We're going to, we'll be here to uh, cover it all next year. And uh, you got the consumer electronics show. CES is going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, kind of announcements happen with technology in general. So mm-hmm. be another exciting year. Let's hope we can get this pandemic uh, behind us and we can have the, at least people can get out and do things. And, uh, but I think Apple will still be there for us and providing us all the yep. great technology. So, all right, let's I go. I do ahead. also oh, Dave, want to touch on something. Holden said earlier about M chips in iPad pros since if they put, you know, since the chips are pretty much the same and we know you can run iOS apps on a Mac, could you essentially run a Mac app on an iPad pro that's, or could you run Mac OS? Are people going to be able to install or find a way to get Mac OS onto an iPad pro? 
It's going to be worse than the first time Apple said one thing. Oh, you can't do that. And then or we're not going to do a hybrid. We're not going to combine them. And then they turn around and do the, exactly that. So. I don't know that they'll do it, but I think it's I think it's probably possible to run Mac apps or maybe even the Mac OS on an iPad Pro. And someone will find a way to do it because they always do. Yeah. At the very least, we'll see Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro come to iPad in yeah. some sort of touch-friendly interface. I mean, Adobe's making a push for their Pro apps to be completely feature uh, complete across iOS and, mm-hmm. or I should say, iPad OS and Mac OS. Right. Why not? Why not do it? They yeah. just released the Magic Keyboard. It's basically a laptop now, yeah. and you combine it all together. Yeah, for sure. That's true. All right, let's uh, go ahead and move on. We got uh, a couple more topics I want to hit on before we wrap things up here. And um, iOS 14.4 beta is, is out. Um, and interesting, I went and looked on the beta, the site, and it doesn't say that there's a beta number to it. It just says it's iOS 14.4 beta. Um, so yeah, it was, it was released. I noticed that too. Yeah, it does. Usually it says beta one, beta two. Is this beta two? I don't know. Uh, and it's got. Uh, it was released on the 16th of December. So it's been out for about, uh, uh, about, f- about two weeks now. Um, and, uh, you, we had noted in here that, uh, is the, has the ad traffic notification, is, is that being enforced in 14.4? Um, that's what I heard. I, I don't, I haven't run the beta, so I don't know. Um, yeah. but they, you know, right toward the end of the, the initial beta cycle with 14, um, it was, it was active. And you could actually, like if Facebook came up and said, do you want to, you know, do you want us to track you? Um, and then Apple turned it off. Um, so it sounds to me like 14.4 is going to be the one where developers won't have the option of of having that prompt. It'll be in four. So. Right. That, that should was, be interesting. That was what, and that was the whole hoo ha with Facebook, and them complaining yeah. about them not having the control of it. So, um, yeah. Did you, 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 I thought you did run beta on your uh, on your iPhone at least? Uh, I did. I did during over the summer until it was released, and then I just oh. kind of caught up. And I'm just, um, I don't keep the you betas going during you, the year. You, you take the incrementals off, and then just wait till the big big release. So iOS 15 is your next baby. <laughs> that that's that's my next yeah yeah. And you but 14 it, yeah was was pretty solid through the beta period. Yeah, yeah, it was. You you turned me on to switching a little earlier than I that I normally do. So yeah, um, if uh, you don't know, Holden, I have a 10R that I use as beta for beta testing. So I I, I put that mm-hmm. on there. I but I wouldn't dare put it on my. My, my production device. <laughs> so I assume you're the same way. You don't you don't dabble in beta. Oh, oh no! So when betas come out, I I do like my dad does do just the summer, and then after that, I you know yeah. get onto the normal release again. But oh no, I was on iOS 14 the the second I could do it. Okay. And on my on my personal device too. I just dangerous of middle name. What can I say? I got to do it. Got to have that iOS update. <laughs> That's right. So interesting thing. We, we, we have a weekly topic of talking about iOS beta. Our, my co our co-host Warren is, he is on the cutting edge. So I have to tell you guys, cause you don't know this, that uh, he it, uh, has betas on everything, including Mac. So he's on, he's on uh big Sur 11.2 already on all his Macs. And he's on 14.4 on all of his iOS devices. So uh, he likes living on the edge. So, 
but that's why we like Baden more. And he gives that good perspective. We can hear hear what, what, what his troubles are with those devices sometimes. But <laughs> other times, they, they seem to run okay, too. So. I think um, they've gotten better over the years, definitely. Yes, but it's it a whole other conversation. Big Sur was kind of a mess at first. It was. Yeah, and at it, least I it, thought so. Yeah. At very first, yeah. I mean, the 11.0.1 and then 11.1 and... And then, and I think some, it's still some, a little bit of a mess. Some people got their M1s and they bricked them. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know about that. That's yeah, bad. Well, it happened to Warren. So, um, and uh, wow. so uh, let's be, I mean, I think it happened the same time when I, when I bought this 2019 model, when uh, the Catalina was just coming out and, and I think they had just cut it over with the versions and I, I, I ended up breaking it and they had to, they had to swap it. So, uh, so anyway, let's go on uh, MagSafe accessories. So we've been talking a lot about the MagSafe accessories, and uh, uh, Brian, you have the uh, the little wallet that you have there, and I've also got the um, the the MagSafe adapter. Um, I ended up getting another yeah. one of the the MagSafe cases, but it's the clear case, and I have now opted again to return it. I had originally got it and then returned it, and then I ended up getting it for Christmas again as I <laughs> forgot it was on my list. Uh, I said, yeah, honey, let me return this. So that I'd rather just let's save the money. You got me. We got the Mac Mac Mini, so no no need for me to have that case. So I got one of the you know the inexpensive um, cases that are, that's working perfectly fine for me. So, but uh, MagSafe, you 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 are you've been happy with that uh, the wallet you said, right? Brian? Yeah, you know there was a lot of um, there was a lot of bad press about it. I think at first, um, but I don't have the problems that people see. If you watch YouTube videos, um, people reviewing them. They make it sound like it just falls off randomly, or if you slide it into your pocket, it'll fall off. I haven't found that to be the case at all with mine. I've had it for about a month now, and um, it holds pretty good, but it's also easy to take off if I need to take it off. So I don't know. I think it's a really great product. I went from having an 11 Pro with the folio case to keep like my credit card, my license in. I got really used to that. So when I traded it in for the mini, it was kind of a no-brainer to get the wallet, and um, I I like it a lot. Oh. And you have the Pretty iPhone, solid. and you like the iPhone 12 Mini, and um, I love I, it. And, and I think it's selling pretty well, considering. I mean, I don't think it's it's, it's such a it's, it has such a much of a problem uh, than than these phones in the past. But I, I'm glad that Apple's got four different models. You have, and then you get a nice choice of what you know what what yeah. you want um, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But sounds like you're happy with it, though. Yeah, you know, it it doesn't feel like a small phone to me. And I was going from an 11 Pro. Um, and before that, I mean, I, I had like a 8 Plus or something, you know. Um, so I wasn't sure if I could get used to having a smaller phone. I won't say a small phone because it really doesn't feel small. Um, the screen is is actually a really good size. Yeah. But um yeah, I um I had no trouble transitioning at all from the 11 Pro to the Mini. I I really kind of dismissed the Mini and didn't even think it was an option for me at first, but I saw it at Best Buy one day. I was in there for something else and mm-hmm. I I'm like, wow, this actually is not as small as I thought it was going to be. And so I just kind of took the plunge and I'm happy with it. I really like the size. Then uh, it's kind of the sweet spot. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I 
the people that, I, that I've talked to like it, um, uh, are very happy with it. So, um, and then app clips, you, we, you, you put this on as a, as a topic. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in past episodes. Um, I have not been, have used really much of anything with an app clip as of yet. I mean, there are the QR codes that are out there that you're going to scan, be able to get uh, mm-hmm. apps, app clips available. In fact, I, now I think about it, I did a demonstration during my Apple user group uh, on it where uh, it was a good example using Panera Bread, and uh, you yeah. go into the Apple Maps program and you look for, look up for the Panera Bread, and and then you can tap right in the Apple Maps program. You can order right here, right from Apple Maps, and then get to it, mm-hmm. and then that brings you into the app clip because it doesn't have to open. You don't have to have the app in order to be able to place yeah. the order. So that's one example. But my, I know a lot of the examples where I remember during WWC they were they were showing it where like like let's say a, a like a parking app that you want to go up to a to a uh, to a spot that's got the QR code, you could scan it and then open up mm-hmm. the uh, open up uh, the the app for the particular parking program, and then you can uh, just have that instead. So, uh, but yeah. I still I think it's still pretty pretty fresh, and especially now with pandemic going on right now, not too many people are out doing those kind of scans. Yeah. So. No, but I I tell you it 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 does come in handy because the gas stations around yeah. here have started putting the QR codes right. on the pumps. And so I decided to do it because, you know, if I can pay for something, you know, with Apple Pay, I'm going to do it instead of actually using my card and touching the machine and all that other stuff. And so I I went through the whole app click, clip experience and I just, you know, it was pretty seamless. It worked pretty well, but I haven't seen them anywhere else. It was really the gas stations around here are the only places yeah. I've seen yeah. app clips. I totally forgot about the feature completely until it was in the show note here (laughs) (laughs) so gotta try it out go uh, i I said the app clips and maps is are pretty slick and i I was gonna gonna give me another another topic uh, for another day here for apple maps how that was another thing uh, we forgot to mention that for 2020 how much improvement apple maps is is is, has really gained Mm -hmm. Uh, but that itself with apple clips i think uh, yeah there's a lot of um, a lot of different places that you can go to on the map and say, you know, let's, whether it's, I don't know if McDonald's does it or any, like any other fast food places, uh, probably Chipotle and some of the others that you can yeah. just, I you didn't could, know you could do that. So yeah. Dave, if you go to a restaurant on like on the maps, mm-hmm. like say Panera, like there's a Panera down the street here. Yep. And if I went there on my phone, through maps, you just search for Panera bread. It. It'll, it'll pick the, the most, it'll pick the, uh, Oh yeah. Order food. Yeah. And it gives the uh, link there. Order food. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm checking oh, this out right now because I hate downloading apps for yeah. a single use. Yeah, if you don't, so I love the idea. Of it. All time, yeah. I'm not sure if Chipotle or uh, any others. I haven't tried that one. I don't see it for Chipotle. They have opened up the app. I don't see anything there. You said Panera works though. Yes. Yeah, Chipotle, Chipotle does, does not have it. Yeah, they have it. They have a Yelp link. But yeah, yeah order pan- food. Panera food, Panera bread incorporated into Apple Maps. And that's 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 a good example of an app clip. Boston Market has it. Oh, wow. yeah, Boston Market is another one. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So uh, let's go on. We've got a uh, couple tips here I want to talk about real quick. Um, I actually got some links here from from a, a couple articles relating to this. Uh, how do you erase and prepare an Apple Watch for gifting, recycling, or selling? Um, now. Probably one of the most important things you got to do is if you're ever going to sell your Apple Watch, you want to be able you want to go in into the app 
the, the, the Apple Watch app on your iPhone and go in and unpair the watch, make sure it's erased and, and just like you would do with an iPhone. And it's pretty straightforward how you do, how you do it. But the first thing you got to do is unpair it first, because if you leave it paired and you go to sell it to somebody, they're going to be out of luck because it's going to be paired yeah. forever. So very important that you go in and, and go in, unpair it and uh, make sure that uh, that's unpaired as well as you do just do a full race and re- reset it. I mean, that's what I do when I ever, I mean, I, when I traded in my 11 pro max, I made sure the first thing I did was I did a full out reset and it, it, it goes right to the hello screen. Let them deal with it. Cause it's not my phone anymore. Yeah. Same thing with the Apple watch. Just <laughs> be, be sure you do that. We got a link in the show notes uh, on how to run through this through on uh, Apple insider uh, on that tip. So, to take take a look at that, and then uh, other one I wanted to bring up real quick was uh, I I just found this out, and this actually was in MacWorld, and um, anybody who uses the Apple Cash Card, you know that you you, you keep you use that to pay bills. In fact, you know, Brian, you just paid me the other day for the something, so yeah, for, for the yeah. mic that you're that you're sounding yeah. very good on. So, uh, yep. and um, you are now able to go into the Apple Cash Card in Wallet and be able to uh, get a full. Uh, statement of all the transactions that have ever been done on the Apple Cash Card. Uh, so basically, all you got to do is you go up into the more the three dots up at the top right when you go to the card, and then you you, you swipe down to nearly towards the bottom, and then there's a link there that says Request Transaction Statement. And then uh, what that does is Apple will email you a PDF that contains the last 24 months of your transactions. Um, wow. Uh, that that are associated with that Apple Cash account, uh, and and gives summaries for each month. So if anybody does a lot of heavy usage of the Apple card, that could come in handy. Yeah. Apple card, we cash do. card, excuse me. Yeah. The cash card we do. And and this is something it didn't get a lot of press, but yep. um, I have two young kids and they now can, because before they couldn't have Apple cash cards, there was like an age limit on it. Right. And with family sharing, they allowed you now to get Apple cash cards for for the children. And um, it works out great because I can Apple, you know, I can send money to them through iMessage. It goes on their Apple card, say their allowance or, you know, sometimes, you know, for their birthday, someone gives them a check and I cash the check and put it in my account. And then I just Apple pay them the money Um, or even like, say, Holden wants to send money to his brothers, you know, for their birthday or whatever. You can just Apple pay it to them. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. So, did you? Yeah. Did you know about this? Holden, this this is something new. I I just learned it today, the other day too. Um. Yeah, I knew about all that stuff because Dad's oh, anything family sharing related. Dad will tell me about. <laughs> You're not <laughs> part of our family share. Dad will be no. He's doing a lot of sharing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not and, a part of that family though. I'm not in that family share. <laughs> He's too old. <laughs> yeah, you're old guy. You don't get those gifts anymore. Um, all right, let's nope. move on to some apps. We had we had some app picks here, and I think two of these apps were yours, Brian. If you want to go ahead and talk about your first app that you had there. Um, oh, the first one was Solar Watch, and it really doesn't do a whole lot except it's just a really nice looking app, and it's got a really great widget. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, it's, it does the weather and everything. It's just a really nice looking app. And um, I noticed the other day that there's an Apple TV version. Cause I was going, yeah. I never go down to the bottom of my Apple TV, you know, in the, the list of apps. And it's probably been there for a while, but it's the first time I've noticed it, but it's got the watch app. It's got the iPad app. It's got the phone app. Um, so if you're into weather apps and stuff like that, um, it's, it's definitely worth a look. 
And the other one was Net Newswire, which has been around for a really long time. Forever. The Mac version has been. I mean, I I remember using that in the early 2000s even. Um, but the iOS version has always kind of been a little sketchy until maybe the last year or so. Um, it works great. It's really, it's really a solid app. Yeah, no, I've got that installed on my iPhone as well as um, I actually, my favorite is a news explorer. And then because I get, I use that uh, via um, uh, the set app. I have set app and that's part yep. of one of, one of many of the apps they have on that too. So, mm-hmm. all right. And then um, one uh, app I came across here and actually I, I found out about this this morning when I was attending a, a meeting here that, that, that someone did on security is a, a VPN service called surf shark. And, um, they uh, have a great service that's very similar to a lot of those VPNs that are out there. And they have um, uh, one of the things that stands out with Surfshark versus like ExpressVPNs, probably one of the other v- big VPNs that are out there. Um, how many devices you can have on ExpressVPN? You can only have five. Well, on Surfshark, you can have unlimited. Um, and then you have um, 15 libraries that you have access to through Netflix, so across the world. So, of course, you know some people want to get on Netflix and want to be able to watch a BBC show or something like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can watch Star Trek Discovery on, uh, on Netflix if you go put your VPN to UK. Um, and then um, you also have ad blocker capabilities, and the price is, is insane. You can get if you get if you get it uh, now, it's uh, you can sign up. It's like 69 bucks. It'll give you 27 months of, of service. For that, two dollars and twenty-one cents a month. Um, wow. uh, for that, and then they have an iOS app, and I've which I have a link in the show notes for, so you can use that on that, um, as well as you can use it. I've used it on. Um, uh, I, they've got ways of being able to use it on Apple TV and others. So if you want to be able to put VPN on on and on a streaming device, you could do that. I actually installed it on. I have a TV. I just got a TiVo stream, uh, uh, which is an Android Android. <laughs> Uh, Google based device, uh, but uh, it's got it's it's a pretty cool alternate, a lot more lot more reasonable than an Apple TV is like thirty nine bucks. So, but you can install through through the Google Play Store. You can install a VPN. So these guys have it too. So I had I had ExpressVPN, but I I sold on these guys. So once my ExpressVPN subscription runs out, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with these guys. So it's a, another great app there for iOS. So yeah, follow up with that because I'd like to know um, how that works for you. Oh, with uh, with the uh, with using an Apple TV or um, just using it in general. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I tried it. I just installed it on the M1 Mac. Worked great. Um, oh okay. And, uh, and uh, so I tried that already, and uh, I'm gonna. I just installed it on the iOS device. So, but check it out. Yeah, Surf Shark. So, Surf all right, Shark. all right, guys. I think uh, that we have brought this show to a close. There was a lot of stuff we talked about here. So let me go ahead and wrap things up here. Okay. Um, That is a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, feedback at InTouchWithIOS.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS, or you can subscribe in your favorite podcatcher, including Apple Podcasts and many others, or better yet, uh, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65, and uh, Holden, Thank you so much for being here. This was a lot. Of, this was a blast. And uh, why don't you tell everybody about your po- your podcast? Thank you again for having me. Uh, I do Absolutely. two podcasts. Um, one is called Responding Fire. It's a kind of video game oriented podcast. Me, and my friend Chad, talk about what games we've been playing, gaming news, and all that fun stuff. 
I do another podcast now with my friend Michael uh, called Networked, which is, you know, Apple stuff. So, you know, if you want to continue these conversations, Networked is going to be the place for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's the podcast I do. Any, any social media that people can find you at? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm at Holden DePardo. I don't tweet that often. I don't know. Sometimes I do. Um, yeah. I'm at Holden DePardo on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. And hey, Brian, uh, does everybody know about you? Uh, geez, I have n- I'm not on any podcasts, and I don't really have social media. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not as out there as as uh, Holden is, and and you are. So all right, I'll just be a guest on your show once in a while, Dave. Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you being here. <laughs> if you have any feedback, just make sure you send feedback here to feedback at intouchwithios.com. If you have any feedback or questions. Uh, to Brian and I'll, I'll pass it on to him. Um, well, thanks both of you guys for being here. What was this was such a blast. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, wish everybody a happy and healthy new year for 2021. I can't believe it. The year has gone past, and uh, we're going to be starting a new new year and uh, all kinds of new things to talk about in 2021. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.